clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? What are they going to roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We are seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown! Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. There's a prayer. to the end zone, which is fought for by Tate with Jennings simultaneous. Who has it? Who do they give it to? Touchdown! 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 Chargers. It's going to be a really great game, I hope. I really, really hope because we have had some scares right. on Thursday night. Yeah, that's good. For certain. I hope this is the game where we get another really good one. I feel like these two teams are primed to do it. So I already picked Kansas City and Kyle's pick. But Wrong. I am projecting on my points fortune is that this is going to be an extremely high-scoring game. Kinda. We're not going to get to the 100-point mark that we saw between the Chiefs and the Rams. I do think this is going to be at least an 80-point game. Now, I don't want wow. to say at first I was toying with both yeah. teams going to put up 40 or <laughs> but I don't think that's going to be the case. I feel like this could be like one of those 35, 48, maybe something. Maybe. All right, well, we can. Know, but I think it's going to be yeah, like to listen 40 to more of that. or 80 total points. Nope. Yes, we're going to listen to it anyways, so I can't scoff it. So I'm really excited. Okay. Well... There was that. I don't think I'm ever going to get one right. <laughs> well, you still have a few more weeks. Yeah. This is going to be something that... Uh, I mean, we'll do it in the playoffs. But we're going to have to like, figure out some sort of off-season. Off I was going to say, it doesn't work too much. Like This free agent I projected, predict is going to go here. I'm going to sign a four-year contract. <laughs> for this amount of money. <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah. You, you got Cleveland. Yeah. You got Cleveland right. Yeah. So that's Honestly, something. I, just, I got Cleveland wrong, didn't I pick against yeah, them? I you, did. You did. But I... House picks. If, 
if I was going to lose this bet, if I was going to go down, I wanted to go down in the last week and have one random thing not fall my way. But, I mean, you kind of... I was very happy that the Browns won. It yeah, really was. You made your bed because you you projected or you predicted that Pittsburgh was going to win. I mean, I was all over the place last <laughs> week with everything. I was very all over the place. I said multiple contradictory statements, so I apologize to our listeners. I mean, it happens to the best of us. <laughs> you contradict yourself, I say interesting every three seconds. It's fine. It's what makes us charming. It's a nice duo. Yeah. Anyway. I was also incorrect. <laughs> they only scored 57 points. <laughs> and as much as I love that game, I walked in to work on Friday, yeah. and I was very happy, and I told you I've Never been more glad to be wrong about a pal's pick. Yeah. Just yeah. because that game was so awesome to me. I mean, me. it was crazy. And as soon as Phillip Rivers, they scored the touchdown, Phillip Rivers to Mike Williams, and he put out his two, mm-hmm. his pointer and his pinky finger going for two, I was like, they got it. They're going to get it. I mean, and it was, so I, I mean, we watched the first half, and then I went home, and I watched a bit of the first third, of the first of the third quarter uh and i fell asleep and i woke up for the last two plays and i hey, it was crazy but i woke the two up plays you need to see and i saw him, it was nuts and then i went back to sleep but i was listening to the radio in the morning on the way to work and they said that anthony lynn told his anthony lynn's a play caller but he told his offensive coordinator because they worked together in tandem yeah he said uh, when we score, we're going for the victory. We're going for two. And they didn't tell anybody else. Yeah. So the whole drive, the coordinator and Lynn know the whole time that they're going to do it. And then when they scored, he said right into Phillip's ear right away, we're going for it. And Phillip was like, all right, we got it. And now it was two fingers. It's just, that's awesome. He said, and Phillip in the interview said, he, he in the post-game press conference, he said, when your coach is that, like, when he has that much belief in you guys that yeah. you're going to get it. He said, none of us doubted we were going to get that two-point conversion. As soon as he said, we're going to it and we're going to get it, he was like, all right, let's do it. Yeah, I really, really dug it a lot. It was nice to see Mike Williams step up. Yeah, I mean, I've been really three total high. touchdowns. I've been really high on Mike Williams. Uh, I mean, ever since he was drafted, obviously he right. dealt with his injuries and whatnot. Yeah. Had tr- trouble getting on the field his rookie year, but this year has really blossomed and absolutely I feel like when Keenan Allen went down which I was depressed as heck about but to see him step up and kind of show that even if it's a small sample game where right. teams aren't probably necessarily game planning for you you're able to be right. what that team drafted you to be yeah and I mean there's there's no way the Chiefs practice a Mike Williams end around for a touchdown right. during the week but still he showed that he is capable of making those types of plays, especially in big moments where he caught the, you know, the game winner. So, so it's great. I mean, I'm I'm happy for the kid, and I love this Chargers team. And I, I like I said, I I have been on Chargers Saints in the Super Bowl, and yeah, I still said think that the Saints are going to win. But I, I said that a long time ago. I yeah. just I'm glad that they finally stepped up in a big moment and and showed it because Phil Rivers deserves so much credit that he never gets. Uh, you know, out of those 2004 draft quarterbacks, Eli, yeah. Big Ben, he's the forgotten one. But I think, honestly, like just in terms of pure quarterback play, I think he's the best one out of all three of them. And he just hasn't had the rings to back it up. So. certainly make that argument. I, would, so. I wouldn't disagree. I do want to just delve into this real quick before we get onto your schedule. Uh, this is something we talked about last week. And uh, I feel like we butted heads about it. Okay. And, and it's... 
how we were feeling about overtime. Yeah. And I still think we disagree. Okay. But I thought it was really interesting. God, I said it again. It's okay. Just how that game played out and the Chargers wanted to go for two so they could avoid overtime. Yeah, they didn't want to be a part of it. Right. So (laughs) just, I feel like that kind of backs my argument even more that it can be so unfair. I mean, yeah, I I, like, I mean, we've talked about it the next day uh, because I don't think I was explaining myself as clearly as I could have been. But I mean, you're right. Most teams do not want to go to overtime, but in reality, you know, that's high risk, high reward to go for that two there. Yeah, but for sure. The percentages are in your favor to win the game if you go for two there. And it's actually a better percentage for you to win the game if you to attempt it. It's not even like get it or don't get it. The percentage of you to attempt that instead of kicking the field wound over time is higher to win the game. Yikes. Um, and, but I mean, we look at this. Uh, this whole year has been defined by coaches going for it or not going for it. And getting it and not getting it, you know? With Certainly some key moments. Frank Reich yeah. and Indy not getting it. Yeah. And, you know, Tennessee went for it on, on for the two-point conversion against the Chargers, against this the Chargers. team. Yeah. You know, earlier in the season and didn't get it and they went down to them. So I just, I mean, we're looking at the, the Titans could be one game behind Houston right now for the division lead in the last two, you know what I mean? They win that game. So, I mean, it's just, this whole year feels like it's come down to fourth down calls or going for and two. And I think that that's awesome for the league. To, to have games that come down to the wire. But, I mean, you make a great point, is that Anthony Lynn did not want to have anything to do with overtime. He wanted to take that momentum and go for that two-point conversion and get it and walk off the field. And they did. And I am glad about it. <laughs> was very happy. It was a great game. As a pseudo-Chargers fan. I, I mean, loved it. it's, it's hard to not root for Philip Rivers. <laughs> All right, let's uh let's move on. So yeah, we have a little bit of breaking news. I saw this on the screen at the gym while I was working out. It said Cam Newton is shut down for the rest of the season. Uh, I they they said that they're going to tour with whether or not they put him on IR or or just you know sit him down. But he's been dealing with a little bit of injuries this season, and now that they're they're not mathematically eliminated, but pretty much oh, after. I after losing on Monday night, they're pretty much out of it. They're still mathematically in the hunt. They could, huh. they could theoretically get in at eight and eight, but they, it's just, that's not what's going to happen. Uh, every other team would have to lose out. So okay, but so they're pretty much done, and they're going to sit Cam and they're going to go with their backup and roll through the rest of the last two weeks of the season. All right, so this is always an area of football where you're much better at than me. Who who the heck is their backup? It's uh, I have to look it up again actually because it's the he used to be the backup to Breeze. He was drafted by, um, he was drafted by the Saints. Okay. Uh, because it because it was uh, Derek Anderson, right, for most of the season. Uh, I don't know if it's is it. I don't know if it's Taylor Heineke or if it's wait. Uh, Derek Anderson wasn't with Carolina at all this year, was he? No. Okay, I didn't I, think I so. I don't know. I don't know if it's Taylor Heineke or I'm trying. The other guy's name is really. Um, all right, so I mean, it's not like. Uh, but I think it's a, Taylor. I think it's Taylor Heineken. So it's not like a proven backup. Like no, 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 I, no, no, it's not knowing anybody. Obviously, obviously, Derek Anderson is not Cam Newton. But I always right. thought that was a really great backup. It is going to be Taylor Heineke. That's not who I thought it was, but he's a third-year quarterback. Um, he's played in just six games of the NFL. He played college at Old Dominion. He's thrown five regular season passes Ooh. in the NFL. Um, <laughs> so I mean. 
he used to be on the Vikings for a while. Okay. And then he's he's you know jumped around the league, but he will start probably this weekend against the the Falcons. So how do you feel about that, my friend? Is this a good call? Is this? I don't know. It's hard because you never want to to be the team that just kind of packs it in and, and it says we're done. You know what I mean? Uh, but I understand it, especially with how banged up Cam has been in a season where he's coming off of surgery because he had an injury last season too. So I, I get the sentiment of, hey, look, all right. We didn't get to where we wanted to this year. But we need you for the future. You're our franchise quarterback. You're the face of our franchise. We need you. You're going to sit down. You're going to get healthy. We're going to get a whole other offseason on our belt, and we're going to go for next year. And I, as a competitor, I obviously don't like it. Yeah. You always want your guys out there, and you always want to win. But sitting back as an analyst just makes sense. I mean, I completely understand and agree with what you're saying from the competitor standpoint of packing it in and not wanting to do, not wanting to be the team that does that. But I honestly feel that Cam Newton being on the field is not helping the Carolina Panthers win anything. Yeah, I think I actually honestly didn't know he had been struggling with injuries throughout the course of the year. I know he's been banged up a little in bit. the Tampa game. He did injure his shoulder, mm-hmm. which is, I believe the primary injury that they're at least shutting him down for. And it showed in colors on Monday night. Yeah, I mean, there were times where he just couldn't... He he couldn't drive the football. And I know how you feel about Booger McFarland and everything. I'm not the biggest fan, but I'm not... I don't think he... Doesn't understand football. He's a lot. He's a lot smarter than I than I gave him credit for. (laughs) But he just made the dumbest comment of all time this Monday. Uh, What was that? It it made me. Hang on, I want to finish this and then I want to talk about that. (laughs) But he did. He talked and he slowed this down and he painted this perfectly. Yeah. He's showed how because of Cam Newton's shoulder, Cam is putting complete twerk into his body. Yeah. And it's not allowing the football to have velocity to get to its. To its target. And also that puts your body in an awkward spot to, for a different injury, too, That's when a, you're not throwing it the right way. Very good point. So I thought that was extremely smart to show it yeah. in that way because he'd been talking about it, but yeah. it wasn't until they like found a really clean, good shot and they showed it. He's just completely twisting it. It's just like kind of body weight trying to get yeah. it there versus arm and leg strength. And I, again, I, I didn't, I... I apologize. Uh, he's smarter than I give him credit for. <laughs> I was being hyperbolic. As I don't I can, think you even said this on the air. When as you I can be, when you said that, yeah, I I said that he wasn't very smart in terms of football. He <laughs> is. I just think sometimes he says really dumb things. Anyways, I want to. What did you? What he, was the comment okay, that and you you're. I, I'm gonna be upset because you're gonna laugh at it. You're gonna think it's funny, but I think it's just stupid. Where he was like, "Stats are like bikinis. They show you a lot, but they don't show you everything." I was like, "Why?" Why don't you? Why don't you like that? I think that's stupid. What? Why do you disagree with that? For, about? I, I I understand the analogy. I just don't think you need to be making an analogy about bikinis on Monday Night oh, Football. Oh come on! It's I, a family program. Okay, well, <laughs> I mean you're right, but this is also I heard more f bombs on Monday night through the speaker than I've heard in a long time, and I was like, what is this mic? Where's this mic at? Because they need to get it the heck out of there. And then I especially think about how Disney owns ESPN now. I was, was say, like, what's I mean, happening? Yeah. 
Well, seriously, I heard like at least three. Really? And sometimes it's funny because you hear one, you're like, oops. Yeah. <laughs> and but I heard three, and I was like, somebody's got to get that mic. Out I of turned there. my volume down after a while because I just didn't. Because you don't want to hear booger. I don't want to hear booger. <laughs> Anyways, I just I don't I I just I don't know. I I think that sometimes you're right when he sometimes he breaks down things, and I'm like, wow, that's really really great point. But then a lot of times I'm just like, why are you even talking about this? It doesn't I, matter. I understand and, and how it's just, kind of a raunchy analogy, but it's like pretty accurate. I mean, I understand that, but again, I like. And I'm the not, point is correct. I, I yes, I'm not. I'm not arguing the point. I just I don't think that it's. I don't want to say I don't think it's appropriate, but I, I really don't think it's appropriate to make that kind of comment on national television. That's you fair. Know what I, mean? I also think about, and I'm not justifying it. Yeah. But, I mean, he came from, like, the college, where, I mean, like, yeah. and people who, well, I'm, there was an older, obviously, demographic that watches college right. as well, but, like, I feel like college kids be like, yeah, I understand that, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> love and I just co- totally I love, insulted love, I love your college, college students I like your everywhere. college character. We just <laughs> lost our college demographic of listeners. <laughs> That's, like, 90% of our demographic. Whew. Anyway, regardless. Welcome to Simultaneous Catch. <laughs> My name's Josh Laving. I'm Adam Jeffrey Rossi. <laughs> and if you stuck with us thus far, thanks. I feel like that's our tag now. <laughs> if you like, stuck with us, yeah. Thanks. If you stuck with us this far, thank you. <laughs> so we got some rent rave recall. Let's do some rent rave recall. You got one for today, buddy? I uh, I have a. I'm not gonna get super into it. All right. I mean, I could, but I'm gonna I'm gonna rant. Okay. I'm gonna rant, and it's yeah. interesting. It's it's uh, engaging. It didn't even rant. make sense that I'm ranting now. I mean, it does make complete sense that I'm doing this. But it's funny because I'm now ranting about the Miami Dolphins <laughs> when I <laughs> raved about them last week, which obviously you can't take anything away from their awesome play last week. We talked about it a ton. But talking about Adam Gase and his use of Kenyon Drake. Yep. And so... Frank Gore went down. He's out for the year now, yep. which is a bummer. That makes me sad. I do hope he comes back. I don't know if he will. He was yeah, talking about to, this being his last year. I don't want him to go out like that. I don't want him to go out with an injury. But So when Frank Gore goes down, you're thinking, okay, Kenyon Drake, this is an extremely talented guy. You're going to give him the rock. He's going to make some plays. So he was on the field for a high percentage of snaps. Right. They just didn't give him the football. He right. rushed um, one time. For six yards, and he caught three targets. Wait, once the whole game? He rushed one time for six yards. Who else was getting the yards. carries? Oh, wasn't it Kevin Balazs or... Callan Balazs. And Brandon Bolden, probably. I don't think game. Bolden did anything. Because he had a big game. At, but Balazs... Yeah, he... Well, kind of. That was... He had the two touchdowns. It, but it was on two carries. Right. <laughs> so he didn't... I mean, like, it's like, Salad, whoa. But, yeah, Balazs, who... I'm not opposed to getting touches. Right. And he obviously earned... He yeah. performed very well. He carried it 12 times for 123 yards. Oh, wow, yeah. Granted, one of those carries was a 75-yard touchdown okay. run. So okay. a lot... It was chunk yardage. Yeah. But still, if you have 11 for, like, that's still, like, 50, that's still pretty good. Yeah. But you have... A commodity that has time and time right. again proven right. that when he gets the ball, he's going to make a play. And it's not, it's not like he's been not doing that this season because when he's gotten the carries, he's produced for right. the most part. And so I don't understand. And this is something that I, I can't find anything on. I don't know why he's in Gase's doghouse. And we know that Gase is definitely when you get put in that doghouse, oh, it's yeah. hard as heck to break oh, yeah. out. But – and I picked Minnesota to win the game and – 
as we were watching and we were following it, like they got down big time. It was twenty one nothing at halftime, and then they seventeen the zero run. They get them back in the game right into it, and obviously the end score like they just fell apart. Right, but especially as you get back into that like seventeen twenty one, like this is go to your playmaker and right. do your thing. And so it just kind of bums me out. I don't understand why, and I I, I under, completely understand he's as stubborn as heck head coach, and he has his ways, and he moves on from people, and he puts him in those doghouses, and sometimes it makes him look intelligent. And but this is not one of those times, and I was really just perturbed by that. That you give this guy who I'm not going to say single handedly beat New England because that's not the case, but I mean he was just a key competitor of the Boise play to take it, and then you give him four touches? Ah, I just didn't like it. Did not like it. I liked it because I was playing him against in fantasy. <laughs> I liked it for that reason, but I didn't like it as a fan. Perturbed's a good word. Thanks. Yeah, I can't figure out Miami. And yet they still have a great shot at making the, the bet succeed. I mean, the they, it's I mean, kind of, sort of. I mean, they... I. I I mean, they're seven and seven, and they all they have to do is beat the Jags and the Bills, but they but they need the Titans and the Colts and the Ravens to lose at least one, if not two. But regardless, it's possible they're still in the hunt, which is fun and good as a fan. Right. It's just as we said last week, I won't reiterate the point too much, but it's just like ah, uh, if they just had done that one, one or thing. two things right, differently, right. who would have known? And I feel like that's where Miami's been for a really long time, and it just kind of stinks. You know, they're never like. They're very rarely like a bottom of the pick. You're like, yeah, like at least we right. have the first pick That's to look true. forward to. And like, other than two years ago, you're like, oh, we made the playoffs, but they're always like right there. I mean, in in a, in, a, in a weird way, Buffalo is very similar to that because we've uh, we've never had the first overall pick. I don't think ever. Really? Uh, maybe maybe once or twice. I actually maybe like way back in our feet. But since I've been a fan, we the highest we've ever drafted was. Uh, three, and when we drafted Marcel Darius. Okay. But other than that... Say Sammy was four, right? Sammy was four, and we traded up to four. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. To get him. Okay. So, I mean, we've never we've never had that, that top pick. So, at the same, so again, I, I'm, I'm with you on the whole... You can't get excited about a top first overall pick. Yeah. And then you don't really make the, the run. Anyways, I digress. All right. All right. How about you, my friend? So, I'm a rave. Okay. Uh, and, uh... And it's not super, I don't want to say specific, because I don't have stats or anything to, to point, but I'm just going to rave about Coach of the Year candidates. Okay. I feel like this is a very saturated year for candidates. I think there's a lot of guys who deserve to win this award. Okay. I'm, uh, this isn't in any order. I'm just naming guys. But I'm looking at Frank Reich, a guy mm. with the Colts who they were 1-5, and five, left for dead, and all of a sudden they're 8-6 and six in prime position yeah. to, to make the playoffs. Um. Andy Reid, obviously, he just he comes with his team every single year, no matter who's on his team. He puts them together and he puts them in the right places. Uh, I think he's the most important guy on that team. I don't think it's Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> but regardless, uh, I'm looking at Bill O'Brien. You win nine straight, ten out of eleven, yeah, to to put you at the two seed right now. And all you have to do is win your last two games, and you have a first round bye for the first time in Houston Texan history. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so I got to give props to Bill O'Brien. You got to look at Anthony Lynn, who has been aggressive all year. He's attacked it, and especially in these last two weeks where they've gotten wins, where they're out, of, they're they're missing running backs. They're on their third string, fourth string running backs, and he's still finding scheming up production for that offense. And you know, obviously, if they don't get that two convert two point conversion, then he's looking like a like 
an idiot, but when you get it, you get the credit for doing it, and he deserves credit for that as well. And they're right now, they just need the Chiefs to, to lose one of their last two, and they went out and they get the first round bye, and we could be looking. Oh, man, we could be looking at. I mean, and the Chiefs play Seattle this week in Seattle, so but we could be looking at the Los Angeles Chargers, the Houston Texans as the one and two seed. I just think that would be so much fun for the NFL. Just a completely fresh playing field yes. for the for the for the for the one and two seeds. So, yeah. So we'll see what happens. Uh, and then I have Sean Payton on here. Uh, an underrated thing that Sean Payton has done has been involved his involvement in fixing the Saints defense. Uh, and we have a, I have a tidbit about it later, but it's just. They have had a complete 180 from where they were at the beginning of the season, especially in these last six, seven weeks. So uh, I was actually going to mention Adam Gase, uh, but I was very – I honestly – part of it was I looked at that crumble that they had at the end of the game in Minnesota and, you know, not being able to use Kenyon Drake and all these things. And I, But but I'm looking at it I, – I, he would never win it. But I feel like he deserves props for what he's done this year after all the guys that, that were shipped out or left in yeah. the offseason – and especially all the guys who got injured this year. For he's sure. without almost everybody he thought he was going to have, especially on offense. And yeah. he has still put them in position to, to to make the playoffs. And I think he deserves props for that. Yeah, no, so, I don't I don't disagree with that. So, yeah, that's just a handful of guys. And I really would not be upset if any of those guys won. But then you also have your other guys like Sean McVay, who I don't think should win it, uh, especially not this year. Uh, but you have other guys that could, could win it too. So I just... I think it's a very saturated group of head coaching candidates that can win Coach of the Year, and I think that's really cool. And I just want to rave about the really good head coaches in the NFL because there's really bad ones, too, that obviously have been fired or will be fired. So. Yeah, we'll certainly uh, talk about that down the road. Absolutely. Uh, who we think should win it and, yes, and whatnot. But yeah, you're right. That's uh, I, I haven't thought about it that in depth to think about like all those guys that are really crushing it out there, and so that's really cool. Thanks yeah. for, for bringing that up and shining that spotlight. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get on to a little more um, of our topic chats. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles, right? Yeah, uh, did not expect it at all. I went to bed before the game even started. Cause I, was, <laughs> I swear to you, I mean, obviously I had to work, I work at 5 a.m. So I go to bed early anyway. But yeah. a lot of times when I think it's going to be a good game, I'll stay up just kind of watch. And then when it gets out of hand, I'll go to bed. But sure. I didn't. I I went to bed before kickoff. It was 8 p.m. and I went to sleep. And I turned off my light. I said, "All right, good night. It's not going to be a good game." And then I wake up to watch the highlights while I'm setting up the line at work. And I it was unbelievable. I couldn't. I was shocked. Nick yeah. Foles does it again. Right. And that's, I said it to you on, on Monday, and it was yeah. a silly comment because obviously, and we talked about how mm-hmm. nobody was giving Philly a chance. Right. And like, we'd obviously watch all like the pre-show games right. in the morning and everybody picked uh, right. uh, LA. But I said, and like I said, this isn't ground shattering or anything. Right. But if you told me that Nick Foles played on Sunday night, like he played in the pre or the postseason yeah. last year. Yeah, I probably would have picked Philly versus what we saw Nick Foles right. do the first three weeks of the season. Yeah. So if they can get that guy, this could still be an extremely dangerous team. Yeah. And the reason I want to talk about it, and I could make this uh, a cold read later on down the road, but I think this is just so fascinating to think about and to talk about because yeah. so we 
are now talking about Philadelphia being relatively dangerous. Right. Granted, this is all an extremely small sample size. This right. is one game coming right. back. But if they can put some games together that look like this, make it into the postseason, yeah. and do some things, who knows? But I'm really fascinated right now about what this means for Carson Wentz. Yeah. This is an offense that, while they had some moments, they certainly mm-hmm. had some moments, but it, for the most part this year, has not clicked like it clicked. Yeah. On Monday night against a pretty good defense, and it's and and I I've been looking at my phone the last couple of minutes. And I've been listening to you, but I wanted to pull up this thing that Max Kellerman said on first take. Okay, uh, it's only it's only a minute fifty seconds long, but he makes a great point about Nick Foles, and, he, and the, the title is "The Eagles Must Resign Nick Foles." And I want to exactly what I said before the season started: don't trade Nick Foles. And now I'm going to tell you, resign Nick Foles, almost no matter what the cost doesn't tell me that they're not going to go ahead with Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is a great young quarterback with still tremendous upside, and he's already shown he can play at an elite level. He is their quarterback, but he's an, if you have a young, amazing franchise quarterback who is clearly injury-prone going back to his last season in college, who's the second most important player on the team? The backup quarterback. And there's something about Nick Foles, guys, and Stephen A., there is something about this guy that has his teammates want to play with him. I don't know if it's because they simplify the offense. They go to the Chip Kelly stuff where he had 27 touchdowns. I think it was two interceptions, right? They, they run the ball more. He seems to, as you would say, galvanize the troops. Both sides of the ball, even the defense become. Maybe they think they need to pick up the slack because he's not as talented as Carson Wentz. It's nothing against Wentz like he's negative. But there's something extra positive about the attitude that Nick Foles brings to the team. I was fooled. By the work under Jeff Fisher, and he goes on. He actually goes on to say that he thinks um, because Nick Foles has actually only ever been bad as a starting quarterback under Jeff Fisher, because he was great under Andy Reid, and he's been great every time he's played in Philly. He goes on to say Steve McNair is the greatest quarterback of all time because he had to play under Jeff Fisher, <laughs> and he was still one of the greats. <laughs> so it was a funny point, but he makes a really great point there about. How important it is for the Eagles to have that guy, especially if Carson Wentz hasn't completed a full season yet in his entire career. And and, and even though last year he was an MVP quarterback, and I still think he should have won the MVP last year, uh, he has gotten injured every year he's played, and going back to his college years too. So when you have a guy like that, he makes a great point. The most important thing is to have a backup quarterback who can play the way Nick Foles plays when he comes in. And so for some reason, he's right. It galvanizes the troops. I don't think you're wrong. Um, my just question of that, and maybe this is a question not for this episode, or yeah. but is that fair to Nick Foles? I mean, <laughs> Philly has come out already and said they're not. They're gonna let Nick Foles move on after this year. I was gonna say because I, I thought I heard that they said they would trade him if that's what he wanted, but that Nick said he wanted to stay. I believe that was last year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, but this year they're already saying Nick Foles is gonna go. Oh. And I think that's why I'm. Max is being so passionate uh, about okay, this. Okay, okay, yeah. Because they already said, nope, we're moving on. We're going to let him go. Oh, I think that's such a bad decision. But, I mean, for the Philadelphia Eagles organization, yeah, probably. Yeah. But I feel like but, Nick I mean, Foles... Does, does Nick Foles want that? I, yeah, I think, think he the big, probably that, would. That's probably the biggest question, because I'm what, he's almost... What, is he 30 years old now? I feel like he oh, is I gotta, at least. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it up right here while we talk about this, but, I mean... 
He's not a young quarterback. He's an, he's anymore. Uh, he is 29 years old. He's okay. 29. His birthday's in January, so he will be 30 years old at the start of the next season. So not. I mean, Russell Wilson's 30. Right. He's a, so he is younger than I thought. He's, he was. he's younger than I than I realized. But I mean, in today's NFL, he could play a solid six to eight more years. Oh, at he, least you know what I mean. At he... least. But regardless, I just it has to be something that Nick wants because. I mean, he won the Super Bowl MVP. His stock was never higher than what it was. It, it will never, ever, unless he goes and wins another Super Bowl MVP, it will never be higher than what it was the day that he won Super Bowl MVP in a shootout against Tom Brady in a victory. You're you're right. It, he will never be higher. So he will not be able to cash in in the way that he would have last year or in the way the, 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 the Philadelphia Eagles would have been able to cash in last year. So... Oh, I don't know if I agree that he won't be able to cash in. He has to the market. I mean, somebody will pay him. I'm just saying that somebody would have paid him a ridiculous amount of money probably. Well, they're going to do that regardless. If, so, he, if he hits the market. It'll be interesting though. I mean, we, I, I, I think we talked about this a little bit, but I'm looking at I'm looking at teams like the Jacksonville Jaguars would be a great fit probably. Yeah. Uh, if, if the Giants move on from Eli, that'd be a great pickup. Draft your quarterback. Let McFoles play. Uh, I'm looking at we don't know what's happening with Alex Smith. What about Washington? So, yeah. I mean, there are places that Nick Foles can go and be the guy who I would be excited to see because – and and I, I love – and it's funny that he makes this point, but I love the point that Max Kellerman of First Take makes on this video where he says, I was fooled by Jeff Fisher because Nick Foles has only ever been bad under Jeff Fisher. He had 27 touchdowns and two picks – and his first year with with uh, Philly, when yeah. he was with Andy Reid, and then he went and he had a bad season. Was that Andy Reid or yeah, was that it Chip was, Kelly? It was, oh, it was Chip Kelly. You're right. It was Chip Kelly. Excuse me. Uh, and then he went to – he cashed in and went to, to – um, or no, they traded him, didn't they? I think they traded him. I think yeah. that was part – wasn't that all like the whole – there was a lot of crazy There was things. a lot of stuff, but he was traded. Um, wasn't that like the Sam Bradford yeah, stuff? I, no, Sam Bradford was traded later. Oh. Maybe I don't know. Regardless, um, but then he was he was not good with the Rams in St. Louis when they were there, and then you know. I also feel like that's a little unfair to say. I mean, he had a very small sample size. I mean, he wasn't yeah, given a season. I mean, but he wasn't very good. I mean, with I mean, regardless, he wasn't he wasn't what he has been every time that he's no. Been you're right. Philly. You're right. And what I'm saying is that it's it's crazy that. I don't think anybody should have any sort of hesitations in signing Nick Foles because he's been good when he has not been held back by a guy who is known has been known to hold back quarterbacks. So I, it, it would be so fascinating to see what happens with the quarterback landscape next season because I feel like we have all these really like young, promising quarterbacks coming up from okay. the last couple of years. But there's a handful of teams who I don't even know what's going on with them. And then there's a handful of other teams where their quarterbacks are nearing the very end of their careers. Yeah. So it's a very interesting NFL escape for quarterback, I think, this this upcoming offseason. All right. Uh, we're on the subject now. and this, So I'm just going to give you a cold read right now. All right. Okay. I mean, I'm not – because I would ask you in 40 minutes from now anyways. Okay. So let's pretend. Let's say – Nick Foles continues to start. Yeah. He goes and he wins the Super Bowl. Oh my gosh. Is Philly wrong in wanting to keep him and trying to trade a Carson Wentz to Jacksonville? 
How can you, if you, I mean, no, I, I know, not, I know I mean, it's no. an, I know it's an extreme scenario. I mean, yeah, that's but what I'm saying. Philly has never won a Super Bowl. You went back to back with this guy. I mean, you have to look at it. How you, can you not commit to that guy? You have to look at it. Like you said, he's it, 29. It's he's an not extreme, old. It's an, here's the thing. It's an extreme scenario. So it would have to be an extreme reaction to it. The answer is yes. Yeah. Because it's such an extreme reality. I mean, right now, right now, the Eagles, the Eagles are are only a half game out of the sixth seed. Right. Let's all remember that. And they're behind the Vikings, who are not super, you know what I mean? They're not world beaters. Right. So they the, the Vikings have the at, at Detroit and the Bears left on their schedule. And the Eagles have the Texans this week and then at Washington. Mm-hmm. So it could come down to the wire to make the playoffs and they can get in. But I'm saying right here, if Nick Foles takes the Super Bowl again and wins it, yes. You trade Carson Wentz because you'll get a king's ransom for a young quarterback who was in the MVP conversation not less than a year ago. Yeah. And you roll with your 30-year-old guy who was Super Bowl MVP twice in a row. I mean, two Super Bowls in two years, the only other quarterback that's done that is Tom Brady and Joe Montana. I I agree with you. (laughs) And like... The odds of that happening. Are that's obviously what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, though. Is that's but, an extreme. Like it's extreme to say roll with Nick Foles and get rid of Carson Wentz, but that would be in response to a very extreme thing happening. You know, I kind of want to just go on a limb and say it's just not extremely crazy. I think even if that doesn't happen, what do you mean? I love Carson Wentz. He's a great talent. Yeah, but as Max said, and I think people can see it. The team glows with Nick Foles yeah, for there. some reason, and it doesn't make any sense because it's not—it's not a very different offense. It's very similar. Nick Foles still runs the the uh, RPOs the same way Carson Wentz does, and all these things. It's just—it's so strange. I don't understand it, but for some reason, and in a in a position where I think above any other position in the in in the entire world of sports quarterback is the most important position in my opinion yeah any other position in sport but the most in so the most important sort of trait or characteristic for the most important position in sports to have is leader is that leadership being able i mean obviously you have to have all those other things you know accuracy arm strength intelligence all that but the most important trait is being able to galvanize the troops and lead them, make them believe that they can do it. Yeah. And Nick Foles has that. It's not something you can that you can teach. It's not something that you can develop. It's just you have it or you don't have it. And we have seen very talented quarterbacks all across the NFL and all across history who have had all the other things, but they didn't have that one thing. I'm talking Joe Marcus Russell, Vince Young, uh, Ryan Leaf. I'm t- you know, there are these Wait, guys. Something like the biggest busts out there. Well, well, but that's what I'm saying is though that like they had all the physical talents, they just did not have it up there. I or, feel in, like, or in here. I, I feel like you could even. Heart. But regardless, there. Are, you can even talk about like pretty proven starters. I mean, like I think Joe Flacco is one of those guys. I mean, you're right. I, I mean, and they and they went on that Super Bowl run. He was not the heart and soul of that team. It was Ray Lewis. Yeah. And Ed Reed. So I mean, you're right. There are guys. You want to tell me that Trent Dilfer was the heart and soul of his team when they won? <laughs> no, it was Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. So you're right. I mean, you can obviously win a Super Bowl with a guy that's not that, but you have such an um, you always have a shot 
when you have a guy like Nick Foles leading the way, and it's unbelievable. I don't I don't understand it, but you're right. I mean, I think there's a case to be made, but if they don't go anywhere, and they, I mean, they're not going to move on from Carson Wentz unless that extreme scenario happens. So I I'm going to say this, and I'm going to look silly in a couple of weeks. I'll look silly next week when they probably lose to Houston. Okay. <laughs> which I'm kind of hoping for just because I don't want New England to have that number two seed. Anyways. I think you make that move. Honestly, I do. Okay. I think all the points about injury are are, are They're very, valid. very valid. But here's the thing. Carson's rookie deal is coming up. Yeah. And you're going to have to throw a, ridiculous a gigantic of ton of, of money. You're not... The value we're talking about trade-wise... You're not going to get that just, anytime soon. It's the same thing. And so for, if you throw that yeah. money at Nick Foles, which he'll probably command a hefty bunch yeah, himself, maybe not as much as Carson Wentz would, but you're able to get a ransom of picks yep. for Carson Wentz for a quarterback who has obviously shown a great amount of potential, but not always. And you still have this guy who won you your Super Bowl, your team rallies around, yeah. and you'll have that guy... I don't know. I feel like if if the organization did that, and this is obviously coming from, I'm not a Philadelphia fan. It's not like I'm right. a diehard. I'm not committed yeah, to that no. team, and right. the team would be up in arms. But it doesn't not make sense. I mean, I'm you're right. It doesn't not make sense at all. So I mean, we'll, we have two, two more weeks left of the NFL season. That a lot could happen, which is exciting for fans and for us. Because we're also fans. But um, <laughs> what? But yeah, it'll be fun. it'll be fun. Whew. Good conversation. We dug in on that. I'm glad it was good. It was a good talk. Yeah. Yeah. What's next on the docket? So I have uh we have some powerhouse teams struggling this year. Yes. Well we not do. not this year. The As recently. Because they haven't late. been because they've been powerhouses. Uh one of them I don't think has been a powerhouse the whole year, but regardless. Well so who that is. We have the Saints who have <laughs> who have lost a couple, two of their last three. Yeah, I want you to We have the Rams who have lost two straight for the first time since two thousand sixteen. So it's been two full seasons, um, which is – that was one of my tidbits, so we'll just get that out of the way. And we have the Patriots. This is another one of my tidbits who have lost two straight in December for the this first time since 2002. That's crazy. They have not lost two straight since 2000 – in December since 2002, and they have lost two straight now. So – That's a crazy t- statistic. I mean, it is. And I, I, obviously, they have not been world beaters all year. They're They're undefeated at home. And they've lost five games on the road. Yeah. So, which is why I want Houston <laughs> to win so badly. I digress. So I want let's I want you to take the talk about the Saints for a moment because yeah. that's obviously we both love the Saints, but you've been saying all year New Orleans yeah. Super Bowl winning team. Talk to me about what's going on. I mean, this is this has been about three weeks now that New Orleans coming. Before a month ago, they were the number one offense. They were lighting everybody up. The defense had really turned a page, and they still have the defense has definitely kept them in the games more so than the offense. But what is going on? Uh, I'm. I don't know if I'm going to tell you what's going to go on, but I'm going to tell you why I'm not worried about them. Okay. I'm not worried about them. We're going to go. Where I'm going to. I'm just going to get rid of all my tidbits. Not all of them. But this, <laughs> this is my first one. Okay. Over the last, and this is a, also a little tip of the hat to you because you were right. Even though you looked silly in the first like four or five weeks, you were right about the Saints. Because over the last six weeks, the Saints are the number one scoring defense in the NFL, only allowing twelve point three points per game. Wow. That's why I'm not worried. Because 
You want to know the the one, one if not if not the only one of the quarterback coach duos that I'll never worry about if they're going to figure it out or not, and it's Sean Payton and Drew Brees. I am never worried that they can't figure it out. Okay, and it's not like I mean Carolina is a good defense. Yeah, Dallas is a very good young defense. They've struggled against good defenses, and while obviously you still have to beat good defenses. I don't. I, I'm looking at all these other defenses in in the playoffs right now. The only one I'm worried about is Chicago, but I don't see Chicago. I don't see Chicago getting this first round by, so they're going to have to go into the Superdome. And I don't think that you know what I mean. Right. Even, even if so, they I, did get it by, so they're they're not going to probably jump for the ones. There are very very small things that impossible. No, they, I mean, wait. What do you mean? Is they, that even possible? Chicago. They've lost four games. They're ten and four. Saints would have to lose out. Okay, have to win they out. could theoretically get the first. But regardless, I just. Well, I'm not, not, if that did happen, though, I'd be all about it. I don't think New Orleans could beat Chicago and Chicago. I don't either, but it's not going to happen. But regardless, I just I'm not worried about the Saints at all because their defense is playing this good. They've hit their stride at the right time. They're getting hot, and Drew Brees and the Saints offense is going to figure it out. They have too many weapons, and they're too smart to not. I'm not. I'm honestly, I am not. I'm not wavering or, or at all. The Saints are still going to win the Super Bowl, and I'm not worried about that at all. All right, so let's take a timeout, and I'm going to pose some questions that I want you to retort or come back to. Okay. And I'm not. I'm not trying to challenge you here because okay. I, I too, am still of this belief. But there are some things that I, I am wavering a little bit. Okay. I think. Teams have really figured out Michael Thomas is the guy. Yeah. And if you can take him out, that yeah, often struggles big time. Yeah. That's one. I'm worried as heck about the state of this offensive line right now. Yeah. Because is. Dallas figured it out, quote unquote, I mean, figured out how game. to rattle this team. Carolina took that game plan and for all intents and purposes against the offense, yeah. it really worked. So those are two things that I am legitimately I, worried about. I will say two things about this. One, I think those two teams matched up well against them because they have good front sevens, both of them. Okay. And they were able to use that. So you can say that this is the blueprint, but you have to have the construction workers to build the building. That's a great and, analogy. And I think that the Carolina and Dallas had it. I don't think every other team in the NFL has it. This is why they beat the Rams because while well, the Rams have a good front seven – they were not able to do they, – they, they don't have the linebacking core that a, a team like Carolina and Dallas have. And okay. that's why they were able to do that, in my opinion. Uh, the other thing is there are answers to offensive line struggles that New Orleans has the exact pieces for. It's called a running back that can catch the football. And they have that. Too. It's called tight ends who can move. And, you know, this young guy, Dan Arnold, and he has Benjamin Watson. You know, they have pieces – can be the answer to all these questions. And that's why I'm not worried. It would be one thing if they didn't really have a running back or they didn't really have like speedy guys that can give on these little sweeps or little short, quick routes. Okay. But they have those pieces. They just need to put them in the right place. And Sean Payton's done that his whole career. Okay. So that's why, I'm again, I'm not like, I'm literally, I wish I could be this confident about my team. <laughs> but I am not, I'm not worried at all about the Saints. They're, 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 they, they will be in battles probably in the playoffs, but they are going to win every game. I dig it. I love that confidence, and uh, I, I certainly I'm hope so. Much less confident in the next one on our list, which is the Rams. 
I am super worried about the Rams. And in my opinion, I I don't want to sound unintelligent when I'm saying this, but I, I just don't know what's happening. It's an enigma to me. I mean, sure, I I completely understood the hiccup in Chicago. Yeah. Completely that understood. That makes sense. Chicago's a great defense. A great defense. In, I don't think home. that they ran Todd Gurley enough. I mean... It's a West Coast team traveling. I mean, it's the there mid- a lot of middle factors. of the country. It, it, just, it, made sense. it was cold. Now, granted, it was 50 degrees when they're playing in Los Angeles against Philadelphia. The only thing I can really think of that I can pinpoint right now, there's two things. Mm-hmm. I guess two and a half, if because one kind of goes hand in hand. It's that Jared Goff and Sean McVay aren't communicating very well right now because Jared Goff has looked like Jeff Fisher Jared Goff the past two weeks. Hey, uh, Jared the past Goff's, three weeks, kind of. Jared Goff's making a great push for MVP because they're struggling and he's struggling. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, by that hit, argument, hit, you can hitting, that. hitting another tidbit here. In the past three games, Jared Goff is 72 of 131, one touchdown, seven interceptions. So you're right. And, and I mean, Philly's not a bad defense. They, they're very turnover-heavy, but they, they get turnovers. And obviously Chicago is the best defense in the NFL. So, I mean, it wasn't like they're facing scrubs. Right. But Jared Groff has really struggled the last three weeks, and they've lost two, two of them. So. The other question, Mark, I have, and this would have to be really well hidden if it is true. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if something's a little more wrong with Todd Gurley than we're – being let known. I mean, maybe because he has his production. I don't want to say production. His usage has gone really. Down. That's what it is. Because, because he's when he's when he's gotten the ball, the he's been fine. <laughs> yeah, but they're not giving him the ball. I honestly, I honestly, I should say, that. compared to what he was. Here's the thing. The I believe Sean McVay is one of the smartest head coaches in our league. I think truly that he is pacing Todd Gurley for the playoffs. I think it's really that simple because dude has 17 t- rushing touchdowns. So, I mean, he has gone off. And his usage during the first half of the season was off the charts. Yeah. And it's really slowed down. And I think he said, okay, we're going to make the playoffs. I want my best guy ready to go. We're going to pull him back a little bit. And it. And this is why I think Todd Gurley is there is is should be in the consideration for MVP. And, I mean, you agree with me. I think he's me. over Jared Goff. But, but – when when they haven't rolled him the whole game and just gone to him when they needed him, they've struggled and they've lost. So I think that McVay in his head, he was like, okay, we need to pull this back a little bit because we need this guy. He's this important to our team. But I think he underestimated just how important he was because now they're losing games because they're not going to their guy when they need it. My question to that, I feel like I'm, I, I will ask it, Directly to you, yeah. as somebody who who played the sport in high school, obviously yeah. not like a little kid when it didn't really truly mean that much. <laughs> and obviously, you've never done anything on this level, right. but I think that's a pretty dangerous formula. Oh, I mean, absolutely, especially when Chicago's one game behind you now and they beat you. Well, not only you can lose your bye week. <laughs> not only that, but I'm thinking just so yeah. So you you have your. MVP stud, Todd Gurley, yeah. in the first eight, ten weeks, like you just go to him nonstop and you look unstoppable. Well, I mean, yeah, doing I mean, they, that. they looked so they unreal. stopped doing that a little bit. 
and you start losing. Yeah. And your whole philosophy about like we're gonna pull him back because we're gonna let him go in the playoffs. Sure, and that, that, and that makes may not, and that may not be true. No, I just it that, looks like that. <laughs> it's it's completely possible, and I don't think it's a bad point whatsoever. Yeah. But I'm curious about what that does for your team's mental state going into that, right going now. to the playoffs, reeling. I would still be terrified. I mean, I agree. But this is I a young also... team that hasn't won anything. I mean, this is a team. I'm sorry, I'm going to cut you off. No, you're right. But this is a team where last year they weren't what they were this year, but they got booted instantly from a team that right. I don't think was as good as them. The Falcons. Yes. Yeah. I I will say this. Uh, for what, it was 2010 or 2011. Uh, 2011, I think. The Colts went 14-0 and lost their last two into the playoffs. The Saints went 13-0 and lost their last three. They were the Super Bowl and Saints won. So it's not always. Yeah, you're right. It's not always. But I, I'm i the one where I think that that's an exception and not the rule. I, I mean, you believe, also. I do believe they need to win heading into the playoffs. You also. They're a young team. Sorry. They're a very young team. They are. And that's why looking at those two teams, I feel like it's completely different. Because they had veterans. You had Drew Brees. Yeah. You had Peyton Manning. Yeah. You have Jared Goff, who's thrown one touchdown, seven picks in the last two weeks. And if that continues, even if they win a couple against, I mean, they're, the teams they're playing aren't great. I mean, they're, I know they play the 49ers. The Cardinals and the 49ers. So, I mean, that, those are divisional games. They should win. They should win, but those are going to be tough. Let's say that you win those games just because your team as a whole is better, but your quarterback struggles. That's going to be scary. I have never once believed that the Rams were going to win anything in the playoffs all year. I, they're a great team. They're solid. They have so many weapons. I've never believed that they were going to go anywhere in the playoffs. And now more than ever, I just I look at the Rams and I'm like, I'm not really afraid of them. They're probably not going to go anywhere. All right. So. Whew. I felt that. Yeah. Let's talk about the past 20-year juggernauts. The New England Patriots. I'm going to say this, and I don't know if you think it's going to be crazy or not, because I don't think it's that crazy, but I, I, the, <laughs> the, the Pats are done. The Patriots dynasty is over. I feel like you said that last year. It, it Last year's playoff run, I didn't understand at all. Okay. It made no sense to me. Uh, and it was just Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, one last hurrah. But th- this dynasty is over with. And it started in Miami, where... Bill Pelichick made such a questionable decision in putting Gronkowski <laughs> at safety. And it rounded out last week when uh, Josh McDaniels decided not to throw the ball to Josh Gordon, who was dominating when he when he was targeted, who decided to use five different running backs instead of your stud rookie, Sonny Michelle. It just, it their decisions have made no sense to me. And th- it's ironic. And I'm going to say this right now on our air. It's ironic that the person who destroyed the Patriots dynasty is the person who created it, and it's Tom Brady. And I'll tell you why. Hmm. Because That's not what I think because last year, Bill Belichick is it's on it, it. This is literally reported facts. He wanted to move on from Tom Brady yeah. and go to their young rookie who looked like he was a stud and can probably still be a stud in the NFL, Jimmy Garoppolo. He because. Belichick is known for moving on from his stars a cup a little bit early so that they can get on to the next and get something back for them. Yeah. He wanted to move on and go to his next guy, and we would be looking at like he's already the greatest coach in NFL history. 
I mean, he would just be eons and eons above everybody else had he been allowed to do that. But Tom Brady went to Robert Kraft and said, I'm not done yet. And Robert Kraft said, no, Bill, you're not allowed to do that. That's you're actually not to get rid of Tom. why I thought you were going to say Robert Kraft. And I, I don't think, it, no, I mean, sure, it a little bit falls on Robert Kraft, but I, I just, I think the irony is that Tom Brady, the guy who has delivered you, along with Bill Belichick, of course, who has delivered you five Super Bowls, who has given you all of this these crazy things, and you're the one of the greatest dynasties of all time in any sports ever. And he's the one who stopped you from moving on and getting to your next guy and keeping your thing. Their backup quarterback's Brian Hoyer. <laughs> their their other quarterback that they have on their practice squad is Danley Etling from LSU, who a lot of people said wasn't even going to be drafted. So they have no backup plan. There is no plan past Tom Brady. The Patriots dynasty is done. It's over. And I, I am so happy about it. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? And I feel, I, I feel a little bit mean about saying this, but they deserve this. Patriots wow. fans deserve to see this crumble. After, after all the cheating, which obviously I, uh, like, obviously I am a fan of a rival team, so I like to be like, oh, you're cheaters. But they've obviously won a ton of stuff that had involved cheating, so we can't take that away from them. But after all the cheating, after all the garbage, after the dumbass, excuse my word. Language there. After the, the dumb smirks and snickers from Tom Brady after the flake game where he was like, eh, I don't know, you tell me. Just after all that stuff. Your your dynasty is crumbling. It's over. And I can't wait for another team to win the division next year because it's over. All right. It's just, I just, their defense is terrible. It's horrible. They can't stop anybody. And all of a sudden, Tom Brady can't complete passes. And I have tidbits about this. Yeah, I'm just going to go to it. I'm going to go to it because this is great. All right. ESPN tracks the stat. It's the highest percentage of off-target passes excluding throwaways and spikes, right? Okay. I wanted to say this without you knowing that Tom Brady was going to be in this conversation. Number one in the league is Josh Allen with 22.9% of his passes are (laughs) off-target. Okay. Number two is Sam Darnold. 21.1, 21.1, so there's a whole other argument that they've both been inaccurate at times. Number I three is anybody would disagree. Number three that. is Tom Brady at 20.1. They represent that AFC. He is 1% behind Josh Allen and Sam Darnold, two rookies with accuracy issues at times, and off-target passes this year. He is not Tom Brady anymore. And this team has been Tom Brady-driven the whole most of the dynasty. I mean, there were years early on well, there where was it was that defense, defense and, and, and you know they had Gostowski and you know Vinatieri, yeah. and then they had Andy Moss, and they so they obviously they had all these other things. But Tom Brady has been the linchpin, and he's not that anymore. This dynasty is over, and Pats fans need to just take their medicine because you've you've been happy far too long. <laughs> you haven't lost two straight December games since 2002. Welcome to the rest of the NFL, New England fans. Yikes. I should have went on that rant. <laughs> Yikes, you did. You went on it. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. I don't... Uh... Tom Brady's the third in off-target passes this year. I believe that. It's, it's just... And... <laughs> I believe it because I haven't seen a whole lot yeah. of Patriots games this year. But I think the reason why McDaniels is credited with being very intelligent is because he's really helped morph that offense into being Tom yeah. Brady friendly, where it's getting those running backs and you're getting them out and you're going to let those guys do the, the work and whatnot. Absolutely. But 
you see Tom Brady not getting the ball to those guys out in the flat. Right. I mean, they're, they're, they're talking about this on ESPN, too, because if you look at the Hogan touchdown, uh, that was against the, to pay, uh, the, the Steelers, Steelers this past week. week. If you look at it, there's nobody within 30 yards from him for 90% of the run. And so, and they talk about this all the time. If you look at Tom Brady highlights or touchdown passes, he's throwing to wide open receivers who were, who were schemed wide open. And obviously you have to make the throw. Right. And obviously Tom, um, this is, Tom Brady's still one of the greats, if not the greatest ever. Nobody's saying that right, right. now. We're just saying that it's over because the, the evidence is clearly there. And last year, it was his last year, at the beginning of last year, opening night, uh, my our buddy Charlie and I were watching the first game of the season, and he made a pass that was like so off target. And we looked at each other, and I was like, "That's the cliff that he's about to fall off." And obviously, last year it didn't really happen, but like this is happening right now, and people aren't it's, noticing. It's, it started happening last year. I mean, it, that's what I'm saying is that there were chinks in the armor last year. This is happening right now where we are. He is not accurate anymore. He's missing guys, and and his stats are clearly from. Chris Hogan being 40 yards open. Right. Sorry. I, I, this is obviously I get passionate about it because it's the Patriots. No, that's okay. It's just I, I do want to reiterate that we're coming. We're not coming from Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins fans. Not at all. I'm like these are stats. Right. This is, and I feel like there are so many people in in the football world specifically that mm. are. I'll just use afraid for a lack of better words. Mm-hmm. I think about the Green Bay Packers game yeah. a, a little over a month ago. Yeah. And it was one of those dagger plays where he hit Josh Gordon yeah. 15 yards down the field and Josh right. Gordon turned up. Yeah. But it was a simple, it wasn't even a true pump fake. Yeah. But Josh Gordon came back down in the corner bit and so that helped get him. And, and I don't remember, I mean, I guess it was Sunday night, so it was probably Chris Collinsworth, who you know how I feel about it, but they're like, right. that's all Tom Brady. And I was like, yeah. Tom Brady did very little to make that play happen, yeah. and yet Tom Brady gets a 60-yard winning touchdown. And I mean, but and are then, you talking about the one that worked to Josh Gordon where he came back and made the great play? Yes, and then was able to turn up the field well, and take and the, it. And that's the other thing is that it's hard to make – the it's over argument, especially for Hall of Fame quarterbacks, especially for a guy like Tom Brady, because he's been so great for so long and he's overcome, you know, dips before in his career. But making the argument now doesn't take anything away from what he's already done. You know what I mean? Right. And I think that's hard for people to realize, especially with a guy like Tom Brady, who's so revered and idolized by NFL fans. But if you really want, and I've seen a couple of his games, and, and especially if you're looking at the Monday night game against the Bills. Yeah. I just, I have seen Tom Brady at his very, very best. I've seen him dissect the team so many times. I'm a Bills fan. I've seen it <laughs> twice every year. I have not seen him do that once this year. Hmm. And obviously I haven't seen every snap that he's played. Yeah. I have not seen a game where Tom Brady just dissected a team. I've seen... I've seen Josh McDaniels brilliantly outsmart almost every defense they've won against this year. I have not seen Tom Brady make a throw that I went, whew, that's Tom Brady. Yeah. So I, I just, I, and you're right, that's not coming from the Bills fan. That's literally just, I see what I see, and Tom Brady and the Patriots are done. And if they don't move on from him next year, I, I, I fear for what could happen to him. Okay. I, I don't want. I don't want 
as as much as I have hated this guy his whole career, as much as I have wanted him to lose every time we play him, I don't want to see one of the all-time greats, possibly the all-time the greatest quarterback ever, go down this way. He should have. He, he. I think he should have left after that comeback against Atlanta, mm. but he got greedy and he wanted more. And they went back again last year, and I was like, oh, they're going to win it, and then just go off, and they didn't. And, you know, my buddy Charlie, every he's like, he needs to win a Super Bowl and go off. And he was like, they're going to win this year and then go off. And I just, it's not going to happen. I, not, I don't. Think they're not even going to make the title game this year. So. I think you're incorrect. We talked about that way longer than I thought we would, so. I don't think it was bad. <laughs> I don't think it was bad at all. All right. Ooh. I'm exhausted now. Me too. <laughs> we did talk for a lot, man. We're hitting the hour mark here already. All right. What's next let's on the do, docket? Let's do, I mean, I don't think I know this, you're excited about this. I don't think this segment will take super long because we're not looking for super long answers. Yeah. I just think it'll be fun. So, we... Well, before we go any further, okay. we do have to say this because uh, we won't talk to you guys before before this yeah uh, it's obviously the holiday season yeah, christmas right. is coming up absolutely uh adam's favorite holiday in the whole entire universe is christmas so it of is. course he had to think of something to work <laughs> it in and so we'll obviously say it as we wrap up the show but happy holidays to everybody. absolutely absolutely yeah so I'm very very excited this is definitely something we need to do but we're having a segment here and you know there's a very I don't know. I was going to say, there's a very hot debate as to whether or not Santa Claus is real. But <laughs> we're talking about what do you believe? Uh, yes. The, the, the Christmas season is the season of belief and believing. I got Santa Claus on videotape once. I know. So, I actually did too. See? He's really- but regardless, this segment is all about do you believe in this team? And the definition of this question is do you believe this team, like, do you believe in this team to make a playoff run deep into the playoffs and to the Super Bowl? And this doesn't mean you're picking a Super Bowl winner. Right. I feel like we need to narrow it I, to I, Super Bowl because I feel like this is pretty similar that's what I'm to saying. what we That's did. what I'm saying is we're narrowing it down to – because it's a smaller list too. Okay. I gave you people on the hunt a week ago. This is literally the contenders, I think. And so, Well, not – obviously there are some teams in this that I don't believe in. But um, so it's either do you believe that this team will make it or do you not? And if you believe in them – I don't know why you think that you like every time you hear this, you just laugh. It's so funny. I don't understand you why you think it's comical. Josh Groban will sing to you. Josh Gordon. I said Josh Groban. You almost said Gordon. Um, <laughs> I, I'm trying to find the other song. Uh, son of a gun. I'm gonna mess this up. Yeah. But it, shoot. Do you need to take a timeout? No, I had it right here. Son of a gun, it was here. Hold on. It was all that. Pat's talk got you so fiery. It really did, and I don't know where I am. Wow. We're in the studio recording. Uh, and if you don't believe in them, you're going to hear God. this. I this is my second least favorite Christmas song of all time. So you're either going to believe in a team or get a hippopotamus for Christmas. Okay. Let's do it. So, team number one. And we'll play a song at the end of it, because I want you to talk about it. We just talked about them, so we're not to talk about a lot. The New England Patriots. This is the first on the list. Oh, uh, no. Not at all. I Ooh. don't believe they are a Super Bowl contending team at all. They, okay. they, 
they deserve to be in the playoffs. Yeah. They've earned that. They've shown that. But they're they're not going to be able to hang around with some of the other teams. Yeah. Especially if they need to travel. Yeah. I think they'll win the, the wild card game. Okay. But once they have to leave Gillette, I think it's it's done. So it could be interesting to see how uh, the seeding plays out, where mm-hmm. somebody else has to come back. Yeah. If like they get two home games, but we know beyond that they right. unless something super crazy happens, they right. won't. So nope. no, they have. You used a word that I loved earlier. You chinks in the armor. They have too yep. much. Tom Brady's not able to overcome that anymore. Mm-hmm. When Tom Brady in his early career wasn't able to overcome those things, it was the defense that overcame You're those right. things. And now they don't They're have right that at. defense. And so yeah, you nope. said it perfectly. They're one and five on the road, or I don't know if it's one and five, but they've lost five. They've lost five on the road. Five on the road, and if they have to do that. Which they haven't had a lot of mm-hmm. in the playoffs of recent. They're two and five because they play history. They have two home games left, so they played six. But okay, they they New, won't. New England. <laughs> God. This is really only for me. <laughs> team that was, next. Up. That was so giddy and lovely. The team up next is the Indianapolis Colts. Ooh! Wow. Uh, this is bold because they're not even on the inside yet, but I do believe that this okay. could be a Super Bowl team. I right. love what the defense has become. Okay. And Andrew Luck, I just, I just trust Andrew Luck. I, I love what he brings to the table. Yeah, and I absolutely. think we were talking about Nick Foles earlier and like this team, they, they get behind him and You're they right. rally. And I think. There are so many things that we were talking about when you brought up Frank Reich earlier yeah. on the show. You're talking about Coach of the Year. I didn't think about it. I didn't. Yeah. I I don't know why I haven't been thinking about it. But they they started rough, and I feel like one for five left for dead. They're seven and one in their last eight games. And I, there's just so many. Andrew Luck was shaking off so much rust, and Andrew Luck was. And I've talked about it for all intents and purposes. What we're keeping them in those games, but. It, it's extremely rare to have a new head coach come in and just click like that. Yeah. And so I think this team is believing in him. I yeah. think the team's believing in their quarterback. Yeah. I think the team's believing in them in themselves. Yeah. And the reason I say yes is because of what they did against Houston. Yeah, that was big. Another playoff team. And if they could show now that they could beat them, I don't see and why they, not. And they shut out Dallas, another playoff team. Exactly. So, Indy. I feel like there will be a lot of people that are like, Josh, you're crazy to totally doubt the Patriots, but it'd be all in on a seven. And <laughs> they're eight and six. Eight and, oh, sorry. They're eight and six, and we'll talk about the Baltimore because the Ravens, because they're on this list too. But Baltimore plays the Chargers this week. If Baltimore loses and the Colts went out, the Colts are in. So, yeah. regardless, uh, next on the list is the Kansas City Chiefs. Who? Um. Wow. Wow. Uh, based on what I'll probably say for the other answer is my answer is no. Ooh, yeah. Tell us why. Um, I just feel like in the really big key games yeah. thus far in the regular season, we've seen Andy yeah. Reid teams do what Andy Reid teams do. And obviously, he has all the accolades. Yeah. And you're right. I think he is one of the most – he is probably – the most valuable person there in yeah. that organization and the team has done well because of him and his yeah. intelligence 
but we've seen it in years past, and we've seen it thus far in the regular season, that when it comes down to crunch time against a team that you really just need to beat, they don't do it. They lost to the Patriots. I was they say. lost to the Rams. They lost to the Chargers. Mm-hmm. And those are things you're going to need to overcome in those big key prime time moments. I'm with you. I said, and in the three biggest games they've played, they've crumbled. So. Yeah. So no, I I don't. I believe they'll go far. I mean, I'm yeah. Just play. Sorry, I don't even care. <laughs> I had it. I had it on mute, and I accidentally clicked unmute in the middle of your sentence. It's fine. I don't need to go on anymore. All right, we're rolling. Next up, the LA Chargers. We already kind of talked about them, but yes, what should we talk about? Yes, I think they are definite mm-hmm. Super Bowl contending. I mm-hmm. don't know how you feel about this, and you can disagree. And maybe we can talk about this more in depth next week or yeah. or the week after. I think the LA Chargers are the most complete team in the. I definitely will say the AFC. I was going to wait to see what the I next think, word was. <laughs> I don't think it's far-fetched to say the entire NFL. I don't think it's far-fetched either. Definitely the AFC. I totally believe that. I love what this defense brings. I love that Joey Bosa's back and even he's playing through some pain. He's proving what a playmaker or difference maker he is. Yeah. Keenan Allen injury is big. I I hope... I think he's going to be okay. They're saying he's going to be okay. He hasn't practiced yet this week. Melvin Gordon's I back. I think Melvin Gordon's back. I think shutting Keenan Allen down this week is okay. You got Mike Williams. You get Melvin Gordon back. And you have some big-time playmakers that really stepped in, up in that game. It's also not an easy game against Baltimore. It's not. It's not. But I just believe in Phillip Rivers. I think this is going to be that year where he's going to be like, you know what? He didn't deserve to be that ignored quarterback. Yeah. Phil, you have everything you need. <laughs> it's a beautiful song, okay? It is, which is what you're laughing your uh, behind off every time you play it. I will say this to wrap this up about the Chargers. Okay. Everything that I said about the Chiefs mm-hmm. is the opposite. For the Chargers, okay. when they have been down and out, they have and won it. They've answered it, yeah. And that's Philip Rivers versus Patrick Mahomes, and I think that's that's huge. Uh, next is the Baltimore Ravens, the aforementioned Ravens. Yeah, uh, I've been on the Ravens bandwagon uh, all year, but mm-hmm. they're just not the Super Bowl team, <laughs> and I feel like that's. If they could get there, it's because of the defense. Yeah. And I all all of the things that Lamar Jackson has been doing has been amazing. And yeah. there are things that I didn't think would happen. Yeah. But I think when you get to the playoffs, that intensity's boosted, and that's most likely going to be a team that's traveling. Yeah. I think teams are going to put a gigantic, even bigger target on Lamar that already is, and they're gonna try to beat him yeah. up. Yeah. And we've seen it already. And this is something I said a few weeks ago. Lamar Jackson, if he plays the way he is, he's not a quarterback built to take those NFL hits that yeah, way. And yeah. he's been getting banged up. It's one thing for a rookie like Josh Allen, who's 250 pounds, and I've and six I've six foot five taking the hits, but and Lamar's we talked a about dude. it, and he is a smaller dude. And I said it last week. I even said it about Josh Allen. That yeah, was last right. week, right it during the cold week. read. Yeah, well, I don't think he can do that. Right, and so, so you're right. I I just think when they get there. They're going to make a few plays, but I just think the competition, you're not going to be able to score 14, 17 points in the playoffs in the and game. get there. Yeah. So, 
Well, it's more you're opening up your Christmas present right now. <laughs> I will say this. I have brought up the correct song before you've answered every time. So well. I've correctly guessed which one. I've correctly guessed which one you were going to do. Okay. Every time. So next is the Rams. Okay. This uh, one's also cheating because we talked about this earlier. Right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's hard. Oops. It's hard to say no, but I just... I don't believe that this is the year, and it makes me feel a little bit better in a way. You're really struggling. It's you can okay. leave it down there if it's that big a deal. I get it. It's a pen. You dropped a pen. <laughs> Keep going. It makes me feel a little bit better about what I said at the beginning of the year. Yeah, and obviously, way. obviously not because we. I agreed with you, but obviously neither of us were right. Right. About, no, we are. I was very wrong. But but I just think that lack of experience, all the struggles they've been having, and I think. They'll go far, but let's just pretend nothing changes right now. They yeah. have to go back to New Orleans. Right. And they, I don't think they get it done there. I believe that. So? God, I hate this song so much. That's the idea. Joshua didn't fix the pen. It's broken. Yeah, I don't care. Sorry. That was mean. Next, the Seattle Seahawks. God, how backward is it that I say yes for the Seahawks, but no to the Rams? But <laughs> I, this is another team where when they've gotten hot, they figured out how to do it. Mm-hmm. And it makes me sad that they lost this week. I'm like, I'm picking a team that lost to the 49ers, which right. that sounds negative about the 49ers. But yeah, I just, I believe in Russell Wilson. I believe in that guy. I yeah. believe in that running game. They, they just have the formula. We've talked about it so many times right. this past, over the course of the year. That if, if they get in the dance, that's not a team that I want to face. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm still saying because obviously they'll be they'll be a wild card team and they'll have to travel somewhere. And if they have to go to like a New Orleans, I don't think they beat them, but I think they have a greater chance yeah. than I would pick them over a team like the Rams. So I would, since I have to say yes, I do believe. <laughs> uh, two more teams left. Okay. Uh, first up is the Dallas Cowboys. There have been a lot of people who have talked about this is the type of team that can win in the playoffs. I agree. And for that reason, I will say I believe. Ooh. I, I like the formula. It's, it's You're right. the same You're right, though, formula though. as a, Seattle. It's a great way to put it, is the formula to win in the playoffs. Just run the ball. Run the ball. You have that defense. You, you have, have a quarterback that, that can make can, the plays. In the moment. Obviously, yeah. I would always yeah, – that sounds negative. But I will always take Russell Wilson over Dak. Right. But, but Dak has shown at times that he can, that he can do it. Moment. And so, yeah, the formula is – yeah. Oh. Wow. My Mac wasn't believing in that moment. <laughs> Mac's like, no doubt. He couldn't hear the bell. Um. Last, but certainly not least, the Chicago Bears. Oh, you didn't even put New Orleans on the list? Well, no, because I think we were both <laughs> believing in New Orleans. Um, so it sounds kind of counterintuitive as to everything I've just been saying. But I'm going to back it up, and I don't believe in the Ooh, Chicago Bears. This is the first one I got wrong. I believe in that defense. But the thing is, those two other quarterbacks I've talked about, Russell Wilson and even Dak Prescott a little bit, I don't trust Mitchell Trubisky. I said it a few weeks ago when it came to the Rams game. I said you can't take anything away from Chicago winning that game. Yeah. But 
you you travel to New Orleans and you throw three picks, you're there's no you're not in that game. Yeah, I mean, so you're right. And they they have a running game and they have a defense, but when I don't believe the quarterback to step up in that moment, and I think a couple years from now. That could definitely be a thing. It could be terrifying, but not this year. Gosh. <laughs> I was going to play Dominic the Donkey, but I <laughs> um, No, but uh, that makes sense. I mean, I don't agree, but at the same time, is that makes total sense that that's where, where you would go with the argument, so it's not silly. But I like it. All right. Nice job. Good Thanks. segment. Thanks. Uh, so, I mean, you gave me all your whole reads. Yeah, I I don't know if I did, but that's, that's okay. fine. Uh, mine, I don't think mine are super tough questions. They're just kind of simple, Yeah, that's fine. The first one is, so for the longest time, it's been stated that for the end... the longest time. Why don't you play that song? Okay. Anyway. Um, it's been said that the NFC is the powerhouse conference. It's way better than the AFC. I thought that for a long time. This year, uh, the AFC's combined record is 114 and 108, and the NFC's is 108 and 114. Yeah. So they're not crazy, but the AFC's is better. Um, and right now, the AFC has an 11-3 and team as their five seed. Yeah. And so, I'm going to ask right now, which conference is better, the AFC or the NFC? This year is the AFC. Okay. And that's not taking anything away from the mm-hmm. AFC. Uh, I have thought for the at least the last five years it has yeah. been the NFC has been the powerhouse. Right. But I just, I felt super confident coming into this year. Yeah. I've said it a handful of times on this show, but again, it's not targeting you. Right. But like we talked about it earlier on in the year, I was like, the Buffalo Bills won't make the playoffs because (laughs) there's going to be so much good competition. You're right. And we've seen it. Like I thought the Chargers were going to be up there and and I thought who knew who was going to come out of the, the North, but Yeah. And so I, I am all about the FC being this more dominant division or conference, excuse me, okay. this year. I like that. Uh, second one is about the Pro Bowl. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Pro Bowl rosters were released yesterday or the day before. It was yesterday. Um, but I, haven't even, some, I haven't even read it. That's all right. It, here's, so. some, here's some that facts about it. better about this there's, there's some facts about it. Um, the, the Los Angeles Chargers lead the league with seven Pro Bowl players. Wow. Uh, including Rivers, Melvin Gordon, Keenan Allen. Uh, the Chiefs and the Steelers each have six Pro Bowl selections. Okay. The Bears, the Cowboys, the Saints each have NFC leading five Pro Bowlers. So this kind of backs your AFC up, Laura's, because they have more Pro Bowlers than the NFC. Okay. Um, three teams have zero Pro Bowl players. I like that you haven't looked at the roster because the cold read is, can you name those three teams? It's so hard. <laughs> I know Miami has one. They do. So. I was gonna say. I was like, I have a list of players too that I can pull up. Um, that is tough because I think about. I don't know where. Like, I would think Tennessee, but I think Tennessee probably has a lineman in there. I think some an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman, but that's a team where I think is like, oh, are you saying no? Okay. Tennessee has three. Thinking, this is really hard. I feel like I could just sit here and I don't okay. want to take all this time. Okay. Like I think the Jets would definitely be up there, but I the think, Jets have one. And is it Jamal? Yep, Adams. that's who I would yep. think would be in there. Yep. So this makes it okay. I'm um, thinking Cincinnati probably doesn't have one. Uh, 
Uh, since he does okay. have one, it's Gino, Gino Atkins. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, sure. Which I think was just a name, honestly. I don't think he's had that great of a season. I, but he, during, I, I don't, I obviously have stopped caring a little. Of their, when they were in the high. early, in, right, in the year no. Gino Atkins is playing extremely um, well. But yeah, they do have one. Oh, God. I don't <laughs> even know. This is too hard. Uh, can, like, you narrow it down? Does Buffalo have one? Buffalo does not have a <laughs> Buffalo has a first alternate, and that's Kyle Williams. Okay. So he will get in if a defensive tackle in the AFC does it. Probably will happen. But Buffalo does not have okay. a Pro Bowler. The other one, the, the, there is one more in the AFC and one in the NFC. One in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I'm actually Thinking kind of shocked you didn't go to this one already. But One NFC team. Mm-hmm. I haven't narrowed down to two in my head. Okay. Give me both. Detroit and Detroit. Arizona. Both of them have Pro Bowl players. Arizona, uh, Patrick Peterson made uh, it. Oh, yeah. And uh, Detroit, Darius Slay made it. See, like I feel like Slay hasn't had that great year. The, the NFC I feel like team that, was a name. that didn't get a Pro Bowler is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it says... Uh, although Mike Evans has the yeah, see, second most receiving yards in the league this year. That's why I would think that. I would think Mike Evans. They have a first alternate, and it's Jason Pierre-Paul, who is eighth in sacks. With yeah, I he, I think he's so, had a great quiet year. So they, they, I've had him on, and I, the only reason I know this is because I've had him yeah, in my IDP. Right. He's been a stat guy. There's one more AFC team. <sighs> I will say this. surprised that I, I haven't I will it. say this. Uh, they traded away... I kind of gave it away, but they traded away a Pro Bowl player this year that they would have had. That they would have had. Oh, now I feel even more silly that I'm not thinking of it. Uh, the Giant. No, the Giants are in the NFC. It's like snacks. Uh, who was their Pro Bowl player that they traded away? Khalil Mack. Oh my the God, Oakland. Oakland. Oh my God. Pro Bowlers. And it's, this is crazy. Maybe that's two, even funnier because I just wasn't right. even on my radar at all. Two years ago, they led the NFL with seven Pro Bowlers after a year after having five. So two years later, they have zero Pro Bowlers. Yeah, I can't blame them on that. John Gruden, is, this is a quote from John Gruden. If Jared Cook's not a Pro Bowler, I hope there's an investigation. I mean, who else is he tight end? I mean, you have he, Eric Ebron. Uh, the tight ends are, oh shoot, I... Where is it? Um, tight ends for the AFC are Travis Kelsey and Eric Ebron. Yeah, no, that's um, fine. And then in the NFC, Zach Ertz and, and George Kittle. So yeah, no. So well, you're right. I mean, there's. It's not like he got snubbed. The guys that made it should have made it. But yeah. they're the the three Jared teams Hicks had a great year. The three teams that don't have Pro Bowl players are the Bills, the Bucks, and the Raiders. All right. So no, but that was kind of fun. All right, well, we got a we got a hustle. Let's wrap up here. We got a hustle. So we're doing picks. house picks. Uh, we both Wait. stunk. It's we... time for house picks. Oh yeah. You know, it's ever since we started doing that that we're terrible at this. Have you realized that? Fortunately. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we both went one and two. So we have a losing record of twenty and twenty-two each. Who would have thought that only one I would have gotten right last week was the Browns? <laughs> or wait, but that was you. Yeah, I got that you wrong. The, Browns game. the only one I got was you got the Colts, the Colts. over the Cowboys, and I, and I you, almost I had gave the you major props. For, okay, if we're gonna say almost, I lost my two games by point two points. So I don't want to hear about this almost. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna give you yours first. Okay, I'm not gonna go too well, well, yeah because we are going a little bit long, but I, I won't go too crazy. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings traveling to take on. 
the Detroit Lions. See, it's a division game, so it's tough, but it's pretty simple to me. I think the Vikings win this. I think they found the formula with the ground game with, with uh, uh, Dalvin Cook and Latavius Murray, and Kirk took care of the ball. He's going to continue to do that. That's their strength, though. I yep. feel I'm calling upset yep. game. I'm calling upset game. All right. Okay, uh, Houston Texans traveling to take on the Philadelphia Eagles. Huge game, uh, and it has become so much more huge, especially considering the Nick Foles win. But the reason why I think Carson Wentz is their quarterback next year is because they don't make the playoffs this year, because I don't think they can take down the Texans. The Texans win 11 out of 12. All right, here we go. Monday Night Football, uh, Denver Broncos traveling to take on the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, this is, this is sad because this could have been a huge game. And obviously when Monday Night Football scheduled it with ESPN, they were like, this is going to be a big game for the division. Uh, but the Broncos are going to win. They'll, they'll stay barely in contention. Um, I didn't think they were even in contention Phillip, there. Phillip Rivers will run. Wait, I don't know if they were eliminated or not. But regardless, Phillip Lindsay is going to run wild all over that defense. I don't believe in any of their Pro Bowl players to stop. <laughs> okay. All right. For you, my friend, uh, it's funny. You picked the games first, and you didn't pick these ones, and I was kind of surprised. But regardless. I decided not to be that guy. Oh, shoot. I'm being that guy. You are that guy, and that's fine. And that's why it's going to make my victory even greater. I want to change my game. (laughs) (laughs) Reverse psychology. Uh, Baltimore traveling to L.A. L.A. Chargers. Just, I talked about it earlier. L.A., I think, is the best, most rounded team. Mm -hmm. Uh... I think it's huge that it's in LA. Yeah, and I think just when East Coast teams travel to the West Coast, it, it's it's hard. And so and this is huge for Baltimore because Baltimore needs this win to stay in contention with the Titans and the Colts nipping at their heels. And obviously, they can still win the division against the the Steelers. So, yeah. uh, speaking of Steelers traveling into New Orleans after a big win against New England, big win against New England, uh, Saints. Obviously won, but not in the way that they want to. I think they're going to be super hungry to get back in that dome and play the New Orleans Saints offense mm-hmm. that we all expect. Yeah, And I feel like uh, it's not true. Pittsburgh's not going to walk in with a false air of confidence yeah. but coming off that win. But it's just the reason I picked Pittsburgh to win last week was because they, they knew they needed it. Yeah. And I think this one's going to be just a tiny bit lackadaisical and... New Orleans going to come out and kick some, some butt. All right. Uh, last but certainly not least, the Kansas City Chiefs travel to the 12th man, Seattle, face the Seahawks. Yeah, here we go. Man, this one's tough. This is the one that like I was hoping none of, neither of us would pick or like <laughs> make each other pick. And it's tough, and I'm scared of it, but I'm going to go with, with my heart and my gut, and that's the Seattle Seahawks. I and agree. Russ, I we agree. trust. I don't think... All of the things that have been working for Kansas City this year of being an arrowhead and being in the loudest stadium is going to be working against them when they go. Their major tests of big losses have been on the road against teams that have, I mean, I wouldn't say LA has a great home field advantage, but regardless, they've been on the road in big games. Yeah, was that in LA? No. Oh, it was? Oh, yeah. I I got that mixed up week one, too. We had the bigger than football moment. Got that mixed up with, yeah. But regardless, in Seattle, it's tough. Yeah. Picking Seattle. All right, then. So you went with all three home teams. Okay. Yep. Okay, yep. well, that has all not right. worked out that many times. So I have a couple tidbits left to zoom through. Zoom. Yeah, so there is, so there, Nathan Peterman was actually just signed by the Oakland Raiders. I did see that. Which is awful. But <laughs> here's the funny thing. Nathan Peterman does not have the most pick sixes this year. Guess who it is? 
most pick sixes. Blake Bortles. Josh Rosen has more career wow. pick sixes than Nathan Peterman. All right. So, That's uh, the other one, on Monday night, Christian McCaffrey had his first pass attempt in the NFL, and it was a 50-yard touchdown pass. At Stanford... He was two of three as a quarterback with two, two touchdowns. touchdowns. That's yeah, kind of cool. cool. That is cool. And the last tidbit that we didn't get to was the 49ers won against the Seahawks this past weekend was their first win over Seattle since week 14, 2013. Wow. Yep. Colin Kaepernick. So, good for them. Right? Pretty positive it was him. Yes, it would have been. All right. Yeah. Well, um... Are you first? Or am I first for this? Uh, I'll go first because I have it all. I'll okay. Ready to go. I was gonna say I don't have anything. So, so you can put your stuff together. There we go. I typed oh. mine out. Oh yeah, because you get out of work earlier than me. Because I don't work earlier. Yeah, an hour. Anyway, hour and a half. All right. So I have a lot of cool stuff about this, and we went kind of long, but here we go. My friend's fortune. Listen, I think it's only fair that I've crashed and burned on the Bills' predictions all year, but this is the first one that I get right. So the Patriots are undefeated at home this season. The Buffalo Bills travel in New England this week. Now, the Patriots are the 19th scoring defense in the NFL, and the Bills are in the top half. The Bills are 12th in defensive third down percentage, and the Patriots are 23rd. The Patriots give up the 16th most rushing yards per game, 116.2, while Josh Allen leads the league in rushing for the past four games. The Bills are number one in pass defense for the season. Number one. They give up only 187.4 passing yards per game. The New England Patriots give up the 23rd most, giving up 256.5 passing yards per game. Close to 100 yards more. This is going to happen. The Buffalo Bills are going to defeat the New England Patriots in New England this week, handing them their third straight loss, destroying Super Bowl run hopes, and proving once and for all that the New England Patriots dynasty is over. Okay, here we go. I'm in the room, and I have time to ponder and think, and I feel not good about what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it anyways. And that is, we talked about the fall of the New England Patriots dynasty. Well... It continues this week in Gillette Stadium. The Buffalo Bills are going to go in and they're going to get a win against their vaunted rival, Tom Brady. I think this defense is going to rattle them. That's really it. That's all I have to say. I think the Buffalo Bills are going to sack Tom Brady at least four times and cause one, at least one takeaway. No. You know what? No. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to get super specific because then I'll just get wrong. Gonna get it wrong. Anyways, Buffalo is gonna go in, take down Tom Brady, and it's only going to widen that gap for the first two seeds. Get it done, Buffalo, for Adam Blossom. All, All right. right, so we're over time, so goodbye. No, Wait, I'm just kidding. I mean, we actually, I thought we were gonna go longer than that, but an hour and a half, 90 minutes is what we said we wanted, right? Yeah, well, we're over that. Just by a little bit. Yeah, well, we're fine. I, I thought we were like 20 minutes over. Oh. <laughs> That's a lot of content we had this week. This yeah, it was a packed, it was jam-packed. Uh, yeah, so I wanted, we talked about the holidays and Christmas is my favorite. And I said this when we did our show the last two weeks. But I just wanted to say, you know, Christmas is my favorite time of the year. And I oh, just, you mean our shows? And, okay. Yeah, we, Josh and I 
uh, emceed a Christmas cabaret of sorts the past two weekends, and it was wonderful. It was a great time. Um, and I said this to the audience, and I'm going to say something similar right now, because I wanted to say, you know, Christmas is my favorite holiday of all time, and it's my favorite time of the year in general. And that's kind of a basic thing, I think, on the surface. Most Such a people, white girl. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, but I want to say that I love Christmas <laughs> because it really, truly is the time of the year where everybody just laughs a little heartier, they cheer a little more, and they just give a little extra. And whether that's in a present or of themselves or of their love, they just they give more. And I wanted to say that just for that brief amount of time, we all get to be those people we've always dreamed we would be. And I wanted to say that I hope that this holiday season, whether it's Christmas, or Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever it is, whatever you're celebrating this holiday season, I hope that you take those 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 values, those beliefs, and those feelings that you have, and that you carry that with you through the rest of the year, and you carry that that season within you in your heart at all times, because it really is just as sad as the holidays can be for some people at times with loneliness and and missing people and not being home and things like that. I, it's truly an opportunity to, to self-reflect and say, this is why my life is good and I'm blessed for that and I'm going to be be happy for that. And I just, I, I wanted to say that on air on, for this episode. Cause yeah, I love it. Christmas. It's beautifully said. I always but, thought it was. And you can tell that uh, you definitely had seven shows to rehearse that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless, uh, from Adam and I, we do sincerely wish every one of our listeners the happiest of holidays. Hope uh, Santa stocks your team wins up yep. with all sorts of good things. And uh, we'll be back probably a little bit later next week because yeah. obviously Tuesday is Christmas. So right. we're not going to so record, record that week. But uh, we'll get back to you guys mm-hmm. and don't don't fret. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, obviously, you and I will see each other. Right. But uh, just on the air, I hope uh, you have a great Christmas, my you friend. You too, pal. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, have a great week 16. God bless.